healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the Catapart with Zell Music Lovers. You are now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and we are so happy you are back with us. We are so happy to be back. Took a little break after 300 episodes. Now we are back. I hope you tuned in. Listen to our uh, discussion about the War on Drugs. Mostly excellent new album, A Deeper Understanding. Uh, if not, it's out there. You just hit back on your uh, on your podcast playlist and hit that. Uh, but not before listening to today's podcast. Uh, today we got something real special for you. You know, we, we over 300 episodes and... And five years of doing the podcast and seven years of doing the site, we've made a lot of friends. Uh, some of them you hear on here weekly. Uh, a lot of them, though, are, are musicians that travel around. And some of them are musicians from right here in D.C. And uh, at least half of this band that I'm going to tell you about, Fauna Fort, is, you know, Louis Weeks we've talked to a lot. He's been over here. He's, we've talked to him about his music. Uh, him and Chad Clark sat down, talked about the excellent Colin Stetson album. Uh, a little while back, uh, he is a musical giant, uh, as is his friend Noah Berman. He's up in New York, uh, who just low-key is uh, is becoming one of the best guitarists around. So they, they've collaborated on a lot of projects, uh, specifically, I think, Louis Weeks projects. And um, they've been doing this for years. They've been friends for years. But when they started working on this next thing, it was a little different. And they said, hey, we're going to have to, how should we do this? And, uh, and so they, they started a new band. The name of the band, like I said, is Fauna Ford. And the name of the album is And There I Was. And so before the basement got destroyed, we had them down and had a nice little talk about it. And that's exactly what's going to happen right now. So if you guys are ready and if you guys have checked out the album, it's available everywhere. Or if you're just a fan of these guys uh, and you want to check out the album later, let's head on down to the basement all the way from up here in the cat apartment. Sit down with Mr. Louis Weeks and Noah Berman to talk about Fauna 4 and their new album, And There I Was. Welcome back, Louie and Noah. I don't know. Honestly, I was thinking about this today. You guys have been here so much now. What the fuck are we going to talk about? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, what yeah. is what is left that we can cover? Yeah. No, there's a lot. But you've got a lot of movies. We can. Watch. I do have a lot of movies. We can we can watch John Wick two. Uh, maybe we should be Snapchatting this. Like people, <laughs> nobody like, wants that Twitter poll. Um, no, we are here, uh, and since I have it misspelled in here, uh, maybe I'll get you guys to pronounce the name of your next project. Yeah, this is Louis Weeks. I'm uh, with 
my collaborator, Noah Berman, and we are Fauna 4. All right. So I, I can say it right. I just can't spell it right. Two A's, one O. Okay. Yeah. One U. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, really? Wait, there's a U in there? Yeah, yeah. Jesus, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, you, have, you have it. And, and yeah. I'm, like, I'm like the editor of this fucking site. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get the shit right. Um, no, so uh, you guys... Noah, you've worked with Louie for a long time. Yes. And, uh, and, but you guys both have your independent things. Louie, you have two albums out under your name, just, mm-hmm. just Louie Weeks, which yes. Noah is on. What's a big part of that? Uh, I guess the first thing I want to get into is, is why uh, now change the name to something outside of the Louie Weeks project? Yeah. Well, you know, we also um, last – in 2016, in the fall, we released – 15. 2015. Yeah. Yes. We didn't do anything. Facts-based podcasts. That's no, what they always say. It's, 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 a, fact, not, it's a fact-based yeah. podcast. <laughs> no, we say it's not. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> so in 20... No, in 1972, you guys yeah. wrote Exile on Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> right? 2015. Um, uh, Noah and I also, we, we released um, a record called Arc Radius Curtain mm-hmm. together. And um, uh, that was... You know, I think a lot of times when we talk about this project, we kind of end up coming back to that record, that project, because it was our, we kind of hit the reset button on a lot of our um, personal projects. You know, um, I had been making very um, much more poppy, uh, computer-based records that weren't really thought of like... I thought of them as records, but in a lot of senses, they, they kind of functioned um, uh, more like compilations than I would have wanted them to. Okay. Um, th- see, I, see, that's weird because I think they were. I think they were solid records. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I think that um, they they were made over a long like a, a long stretch of time where my focus shifted. Gotcha. Every couple of tunes. So by the end of it, um, you know, uh, it it expressed the whole. Uh, range of my interests from right. like 2014 to 2000, but it, but it wasn't necessarily like a, a concise like moment in time. Exactly, and and so when we sat down to do our greatest curtain, it was a very short term project. It was all instrumental. Um, so and it really was kind of the first super collaborative, um, kind of uh, effort that we'd done where it was a. As as close to a, a complete thought musically okay. that we'd um, that we'd made, uh, and so jump to 2016 into 2017. Um, there were six songs that we have been working on for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, very uh, closely together. I think for every chord that I wrote. Noah then would say, "Oh, hey, how about how about this one?" Do you think? Yeah. And yeah. so, like, we'd go back and forth, and so by the end of the tune, um, it was very much a a fifty fifty endeavor. Oh wow! So you know, we kind of looked at that, and we looked at what we had, um, and it was very much a, uh, a a one kind of unified thought, and we thought, well, this is very. You know, it sounds different from the the other records sure, that were under yeah. my name. The process was different from the records that were made under my name. Um, uh, it seemed like the right thing to do to kind of 
well, let's hit the reset button. Let's let's take a step back and let's give this thing a new a new name. Okay. Um, but other than that, like we we uh, still like it's it's still Noah and I, and we basically used all the same. Um, you know, we use the same tools. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you guys are definitely pulling from the same toolkit on this, but the the sound is so radically different, mm-hmm. uh, and it's wild. And it's something that I, uh, uh, I I love. Shift away, and I love haha, and uh, and and I love I've heard your work. No, and even stuff you've like recommended to me is oh, like, that yeah. you've played on. It's like yeah, this is yeah. And and this um, when I first heard this, what I was most impressed with and most happy about. Was that it? Just didn't sound like anything you've done, but it sounds like you play. It sounds like you guys playing. Mm-hmm. Like I know both of you, so I know what you're gonna. I know what you're gonna do, sort of. But this mm-hmm. is more like, for example, like you're more into jazz, mm-hmm. and and that doesn't often it, it it manifests itself on your previous two records, but not not as deeply as it does in this. Right. And this this comes off. Uh, you know, you you mentioned the uh, the album you did before it's arc radius curtain curtain yeah Yeah. i think what i said to you then is like this is the soundtrack to a sci-fi movie that i really (laughs) fucking want to see yeah Yeah. (laughs) and you guys doubled down on this because because (laughs) this i mean even when i was listening to it today it's using uh and we've talked about this before very specific sounds like Mm -hmm. that are specific to like movies that comes from sort of your background and Mm -hmm. doing like jingles and i think Mm -hmm. and uh but even though I know what some – or I think I know what some of these songs are about. I've seen you guys perform these and sort of right, explain right. it, test it out. It still sounds like you guys sat down and, and scored this like badass film <laughs> right down to like you get to the last song, Standing in the Doorway, and it's like that's that's end credits material. That's exactly that, – that is – yeah, you nailed that. Yeah. I mean, like that, we, from, from the beginning, we wanted that song to have that kind of feeling, and we knew it would be at the end. Well, well, because I think a lot of also the the record starts out with a very ambient um, instrumental yeah. intro, and I think that there is something unspoken, or there's some um, there's some tendency when you start with an ambient concept on a pop record to then end with a kind of right like the spoon record. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we thought, well, that's you know, we've this credit idea kind of struck us. Yeah, and you know, I think Noah, you were the first one to suggest it, and it, and it, like, it really, it felt right to end in that sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, so if you go down the titles of these songs, you have a memory in a library in the summer, and then it's cut off on that. But uh, uh, I see you in my dreams. A temporary part of me waves goodbye in the mirror and standing in the doorway. These all are are, are sort of themes I think you've touched on. I think a lot of your work has to do with uh, looking at yourself like internally and considering like your your sense of space. But these specifically, especially uh, I see you in my dreams, are seem to be taking place in very specific places this mm-hmm. time around. Mm-hmm. That is in uh, an I mean, there's a lot of like ice imagery. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ecological imagery in that. Were I mean, were you guys when you were making this? Did you have any like general theme in mind aside from like, oh, we, this is how we're collaborating right now, and this is how it's going to come out? I mean, did you did did you talk to him about it, Noah? Like lyrically, what, yeah. Not so much. I kind of let 
him to stew the lyrics because he he cares so much about lyrics just as a listener of music. Yeah. <laughs> and he also reads a lot of books. <laughs> and I'm and I'm so notes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um so I so I just figure anyone who, who puts as much effort into them as Louis does, I can go with it. But you did say something that I just kind of remembered about we really wanted to um just to mix things up for ourselves mm-hmm. to try to do single tracked vocals to not double all the singing which is which is a new sound yeah yeah Yeah. and i think you said if you were gonna do that and really bring the bring call attention to a single voice you wanted to feel like the lyrics yeah like you really were yeah believed in them and and um looking back on say the day i was just reading through all the lyrics and i realized and i I said to noah um this is the Every single one of these uh, lyrics is in present tense, mm-hmm. um, and that is a totally new thing for me. Usually, it's I'm it's a I'm coming from a recollection, right? Right. So there's something about this that is fundamentally different, where I'm not recalling something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm it's very much about present, but at the same time, this is like the haziest, most ambiguous set of images or lyrics that I've ever written. Yeah. So I think what I'm, you know, what I'm, what I've always set out to do uh, with this record is my past records were essentially about um, there is a, this, this idea that there is a border that is very fluid and um, very always changing between yourself and others. Mm -hmm. And, and my, my songs previous to this record are about, well, sometimes you can feel as if you're completely connected to other people. And other times you can feel like you're totally alone. Um, This record is about how you can actually feel that way about yourself. The the ways in which you are actually feeling like uh, you are your best self. Mm -hmm. You are feeling totally at one with yourself. And then there are other times when you literally feel like you're outside of yourself watching yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a I mean, constant fluctuation. You know, there's no, and, and for me that, that was the gateway to that is dreams. And so there's a lot yeah. of dream imagery in this record. And yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and like I was saying, I see you in my dreams, like that track, mm-hmm. uh, I think you said it was inspired by a place in Iceland. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, so you get this sense of space. I think what's remarkable about this is that you've always written, uh, these love songs and and some of them, if you dig in, you, you can find very specific like mm-hmm. meanings in those. And like you were saying, these it is it is a whole lot more ambiguous. You, you can't really tell if you really dig in what precisely you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You just get that feeling. So that that dissociation and that um, dichotomy of those two things. It do you think? Uh, I mean, look, we're in D.C. and we, we all know what we've been going through. Do you think that had something to do with, like, what's going on, like, around us right now? Or is it more? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. It is it is hard to, you know, you, you can't live in the world and not be affected. Right, right. But at the same time, I think that a lot of what this has this record has to do is... Um, I think that as you get older, uh, as I've gotten older, I've started to to spend more time looking at 
the st- my story. Yeah. Start to interrogating your own story. Start to say, this is what I'm made of. Yeah. This is the, these are the things that I make. Mm-hmm. And how are they related? Um, and, you know, I th- think that that... I didn't come up with any answers. <laughs> right, right, right. And, well, and, and that's the, I think that's, that's what's cool about it because yeah, this is, this is more of like a meditation, like yeah, a, a question. Yeah, exactly. Asking. Exactly. But yeah, you're, you're asking questions. You don't necessarily have answers. And I, and I don't know that people often do that in the song. They feel they have to have it or in fiction, mm-hmm. even in narrative fiction, they, they have to have a resolution. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you actually don't. Sometimes, I mean, these are, I, I hesitate to call them like tone poems or anything, but but they are very they, like you said they're sparse. They're moments. Uh, they're they're stretched out. A lot of them, mm-hmm. like you're know, seven minutes, five minutes, seven minutes. You know. Yeah, yeah. So so you you start to slide into it, and then you're sort of taken outside whatever you're doing in that listening experience. Much like the last project you guys did, yeah, had that effect too. But you know, to the point of like self isolation. A lot of people will go that route and look at it as like a, a thing to be depressed about, a thing to wallow in, like sort of woe is me. I, I'm, I'm isolated. I can't figure it out. And on this, like you seem to be just saying like, okay, this is this is where we're at, and, and cool. <laughs> what's what's yeah. what's happening here? Well, you know, I don't know if I'm. I don't consider myself a lonely person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but I think that, uh, I'm very like lucky to have constantly, I'm constantly around loved ones, which is, yeah. which is very nurturing for the creative spirit. I think a lot of people, um, um, I used to think that, uh, I needed to go off and be alone in order yeah. to be creative, but but at the same time, so much of making recorded music is about putting yourself in a soundproof box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, right. like, literally, right. they, it's called an isolation booth yeah. for vocals. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that there is something, in order to really dive into this music, I think a lot of what I had to do was um, was limit my stimulus like Noah and I talked a lot about this. I really didn't listen to that much music yeah, you were telling me over the that. year and a half that we were making this and it was because I felt like a, I get distracted and I'd want to follow that mm-hmm. trail. Um, cause I, I, there's so much intoxicating new music out so much intoxicating old music. out. Yeah. That yeah. I would just, ooh, I, you know, as Steve Kolowich says, Oh, that, but me. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, exactly. That's, that's, that's cause you, you <laughs> yeah. hear a good hook and you're like, well, I can fucking do that. <laughs> or, I, I want to try. Yeah. 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 Um, also everything you're saying about you, not being lonely or not listening to music is opposite. Uh, (laughs) I spent spent a ton of time on by myself, especially while making this and was listening to tons of stuff. Right. So it's, I just want everyone to know that I'm not necessarily living the same life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, you know, that's pretty swipe right for Noah. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, you know but that's i think in a lot of senses noah and i had a very compliment different but complimentary approach right that's what i'm getting at yeah yeah yeah. um so i mean how do you guys see your relationship now as far as like friends and and just being able to work together like as far as that actually like compliments i mean you said you know you sort of innately came at this thing but Mm -hmm. but 
you know, for as long as you guys have been working together, uh, you sort of speak in the same language at this point. I think so. I mean, I think that because your jazz stuff is pretty radically different from his. Yeah, stuff. I think we have. I think we have a lot of complementary skills. Uh, like I, I couldn't make a record by myself that I think sounds this good. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and similarly, there are a lot of harmonic ideas in here that Noah essentially sat me down and like taught to me. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think there's, uh, um, there's a, there's something to be said for a lot of our process is about teaching the other one, what, yeah. what the other one is, is up to. Mm-hmm. Um, for most of this record, we were in our own, uh, creative spaces physically and we were talking back and forth oh, wow. um, on yeah. Slack or on um, like GChat or something. I was gonna say you guys are you guys are an organization now. If you're using Slack, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we tried Slack. Although it's it's worth mentioning. I mean, one thing that was also really different about this process is uh, January of 2016. We were meeting a lot in the same room with just a piano. Right, writing these, right, mm-hmm. and that was that was I think that was because we had so much trouble playing the haha and shift away songs, right. where like with just the computer, it was really easy to write a song and like not even really know what the chords were or even what the individual parts were because it just became like this big, right, right right it skipped over being a song and went right to a recording, yeah. Yeah, um, so we we so we started that differently, but then once we got in the computer, then everything kind of flew out the window. Yeah, but but that's the thing that is good. that um, there are so many discrete parts of this project. You know, there was the sitting behind a piano, mm-hmm. and then there was basically um, a long time where we were pretty sure we knew what the songs sounded like. Yeah, and then we started actually making the record, and then all of that changed. Like, yeah. I, well, think, yeah. I think I yeah. think the only thing that really stayed relatively similar is standing in the doorway. Uh, and that's uh, y- yeah, that's basically true. Uh, and that's yeah. that's the most immediately. Yeah. Um, and I think complex or like more pop leaning song. on the album. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's because we immediately knew, oh, this is the last song we thought. Oh, this is the end credits. Right. Yeah. We kind yeah. of. Um, and so our process really it fluctuated between being like, this is what the song is. It's definitely X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then a couple weeks later, zooming out, taking a look at what we had done and then going back to that X, Y, and Z and saying, well, maybe it's actually, you know, A, B, and Z or, and starting to move parts around. And every couple of weeks we'd zoom out and we'd zoom in and we'd zoom out and we'd zoom in. And, and, and this is just the two of you on this record. Yes. Right. Ethan, well, Ethan um, did some stuff at the end. Ethan's on every song. Ethan Helm uh, is a, the saxophonist and woodwind player. Uh, he's on every track, but mixed fairly low. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that I noticed, you know, in these other albums being a little more pop leaning, um, but you did get a sense of like your jazz chops on, on a few of them there, Noah. Mm-hmm. On this, and and especially when like when I saw you guys do this at uh, DC Nine, um, there's some kind of remarkable uh, 
getting your ego out of the way guitar playing on this in in a way that like you know if, if it's just you and louie like it's somebody's because the piano's up front the piano carries yeah, the melody yeah. in a lot of this and and it and it's and it's it sounds like perfect it's it's what this it's what this music needs yeah but y- your parts are often just maybe sounds hints mm-hmm. of stuff there's no yeah. real like here here's a run i'm gonna do, right, to, like, right, right. do this you know, was yeah. that uh, was that hard to like slip into, or is that, is that? No, I don't know. Well, there's I think there's two answers to that. I think from a guitar perspective, uh, this will sound probably pretty weird, but I was listening to I I was reading and listening to um, Robbie Robertson's okay. biography yeah, and, yeah. and work uh, for basically the entire making of this. Uh, but I was actually I was much more focused on bass. On this record, um, well, I'm sorry yeah. to inter- interrupt there, but I think that go for it. Uh, we kind of—I remember we had a conversation about this. We played a show early in the process where it was piano or keys and guitar, and we realized we're taking up each other's space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Registrally, you know, the piano was stepping on the guitar, mm-hmm. and we—I think that when it came time to make the record. Uh, whether or not we were explicitly thinking about that, it, I think it was very clear that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like um, that last track, we've for a long time, the last minute or two minutes was kind of a question mark. And for a while I even had demoed out like an Alan Holdsworthy. Yeah. Solo. <laughs> yeah. And, but then it just, it just didn't work. Although I, for a while I thought it was working. So that would have been like a big sort of guitar hero moment. Yeah. The first thing I did though for the record was we I made like fifty teeny little like um guitar samples. Oh shit! Was it fifty yeah. or a hundred? Yeah, it was somewhere between fifteen and hundred. Um, and just sent those to Louis, and he put laid them out on his keyboard. So he could just play, and they were on the same key. Sure, sure. And he, so he could just play me, basically, and that's like what track three is. It's it's all it's all guitar, but it's Louie playing. It's Louie playing the guitar. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that and and we use that we use that group of stuff mm-hmm. all throughout. And there's also like um, I don't know if this is obvious or not. Like track one until the end is all guitar after the intro. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, so to, so that's like a big guitar moment, but it doesn't sound very, well, it never feels like it. It also yeah. gets buried a lot in, in much the same way. Um, like some of Donald Fagan's material does from Steely Dan, like mm-hmm. his solo material or even Walter Beckett's, uh, solo, solo material. You know, they, when they come together to Steely Dan, they have to fulfill this classic Rocky, yeah. thing in general i mean that's not their whole catalog but that's what people know but on their solo albums they can get out into this weirder jazz area you know their themes are more uh lascivious i think <laughs> what you guys are doing but that really there's an album um Fagan put out in the 90s i think it was the 90s might have been late 80s called comic Curiad. um and it was weird because it was uh, it was very similar to this you know i see this as like it's got your opening credits, your 
any credits. It's a it's a movie. It's a little scene, and that was like that, and, and very much the same sounds and using like exploring like what you can do in in a, I hesitate to say soft jazz, but uh, there's a lot of the keyboard sounds are associated with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be doing like a quiet storm jam with all that stuff, uh, but instead it feels like a little bit of outer space and and stuff like that. If um, when you guys decide to take this out on the road, which hopefully you will, I know you're playing a show at Songbird here. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any thought to expanding the band to like having it be sort of an amorphous thing, or are they, is this locked into like this one experience? Well, you know, we we have a couple of thoughts about that. I think that the way we have performed for the last couple of years has been kind of, we've been kind of like an improv. Um, It's been kind of like our MO has been to improvise over loose understandings of the song. So Mm -hmm. in a sense, every show we're kind of improvising an interpretation of a song from the record. Yeah. You guys are like an Altman film uh, version of music. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, this record on the other hand, I think that we made, so many conscious decisions about the choices yeah. that I think we're we are going to try as hard as possible to bring this experience from the record onto the stage, um, and uh, and where that means we can incorporate um, more musicians, I think that would be great. But we haven't really um, tackled that yet. But I think our our um, our main goal is to share in a staged format yeah. um, the, the world that like inhabits the is, record. Is there a, uh, can you get somebody to make a film? Like just project, like just play, play to this film. That was oh, an idea. Yeah, that absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. course it was. Like yeah. there's no way you could hear this and people won't, I don't know when this is going to come out. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. But you know, probably people won't be able to hear this or they'll be able to hear it soon after. Soon after. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's no way you can listen to it and be like, "Why is? Yeah, where's my little short film? Where is this?" <laughs> well, I think that that's um, that's totally that. I think makes sense to me. Um, there's so much about how we uh, we consume music today is actually through visuals. Um, I'm totally, I'm all for it. I think if, if we can figure out a way to have a visual component to this record, that would be great. Well, if you think something as simple as like, say what Sylvanesso does and they've, they've upped their game because Mm -hmm. they're rich bitches. (laughs) (laughs) They are. It's like they have a small crew and they Mm -hmm. sold out every, I mean, everything they did. And they, I think they're on, on their own label now. I mean, that's the way to do it. Um, which we'll, we'll get into in a second. (laughs) But, uh, but you know, they, uh, initially had a decent light show mm-hmm. and for this tour they have like a balls out light show but at the end of the day it's nick on a on a mac and an ableton gear mm-hmm. and amelia singing there's not there's not a lot to it when you guys right. play dc9 it's you on a piano flicking some switches yeah and you like hunker down over pedals and like doing stuff so yeah you know uh not that people have to have a visual aspect to it i actually um, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. People go to a show and they're like, I can't see. I'm like, well, did you come to hear it or did you come to see it? Yeah. And both are valid, I think. Well, I think that, uh, you know, I, I 
I think, uh, looking honestly at this project, I think that um, there are a lot of um, there are a lot of points in the project that uh, that evoke a kind of another um, another realm or like yeah. another another layer. Yeah. And I think that um, whether or not people want to bring that in their imagination or whether or not we end up uh, collaborating with a filmmaker uh, or, you know, having or a light su- show. Or just suggesting it. Yeah, or just suggesting yeah. it. I mean, I think that what what I hear you say and what makes me really happy is is that there's kind of like an interiority to this, sure. to this thing. Yeah. That, like, it suggests something... Um, uh, like just to lick a little bit behind the surface, and that's why I, I I don't I'm I don't know if this is what you mean when you say sci-fi, but you've mentioned that our, yeah. our music sounds like science fiction to it, me it, before, <laughs> and and what that makes me really happy because like on the one hand, um, I think sci-fi like sounds like a thing, mm-hmm. but to me, really good science fiction is about um a situation that ultimately asks like what is it to be a human being yeah absolutely uh and like that is essentially like what i'm <laughs> like asking it kind yeah, of well, in like a like like the and, computer and good sci-fi works like, like chad clark and i were having this conversation on facebook today about the uh planet of the ape series the new ones mm, cool. and how it's remarkable there's a scene in the in the in the second one which sorry spoilers kids but it's been out for a while <laughs> um when one of the apes goes up and he sort of plays like the dumb ape but you can see you can see in his eyes just this hatred and the end scene ends with him taking the gun and just killing everybody all the soldiers that were trying to solve and that is like a direct like metaphor like it couldn't be stronger for like the black experience in america and it, it it's sci-fi but it, it is illustrating that so maybe somebody wants that like Wow, that was awful. Like, how can we make that better? And then hopefully the movie goes on to like show you how you can make it better. It presents ideas in a way that isn't just saying, you know what sucks? <laughs> Pollution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pollution is fucking shitty, man. And so we should probably fix it. <laughs> well, yeah. There's I, lots of movies like that. Yes. And they end they end up in court. Like I think Aaron Brockovich was about that. You know, there's <laughs> lot, there's lots of shit like that. But a Night Shyamalan movie about that. Oh, the, the yes. happening? Yeah. <laughs> no, that was... <laughs> It's sad that I watched that the other day. But, uh, um, but you you look at good sci-fi, and it, it, people, I think, need escape sometimes. People need both. But, like, me personally, right now, I need escape. <laughs> I, need, I need to see something that, uh, you know, maybe isn't quite real isn't, or hear something that isn't quite there. Or is like, hey, there's this other place mm-hmm. you can go to. Uh, and, and then let those, like, let truths be revealed there. Because I think, like, ultimately, if you're talking about narratives or anything, you're talking about eh, one or two stories. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the universal truths are very limited. Right. And, uh, and, but... That doesn't. I mean, we keep going back to them, over and over and over. Yeah. Well, I think that any time that um, you're confronted with uh, the statement, "Hey, here is an unreal thing." Yeah. Then the immediate thought is, "Well, what is what is the real thing?" I forget who said it, but <laughs> um, if you say, uh, uh, "Not a bicycle," the only thing 
that it immediately conjures up the image of a bicycle. Yeah. This idea that you can, you, as soon as you, uh, present unreality, you're immediately and profoundly asking questions mm -hmm. about reality and about, uh, and about like the truths. Right. And, so, I, and I think that it's that kind of like, um, that like re reverse, uh, uh, psychology or, yeah, yeah. or that whole reverse and, and that's that's like an anchor you can escape that through hallucinogenics <laughs> i mean so no i mean really i mean because then, then all of a sudden you say not a bicycle and you literally have forgotten what a bicycle is sure <laughs> so all of a sudden a bicycle is some screaming like that piano over there is like trying to eat me i don't know yeah. like uh it didn't happen last week <laughs> you know yeah. uh you know so yeah it's it's it, it can serve that purpose and like i was saying that's an important purpose if um Again, back to just being direct, you know, if you if you like write a song about death, mm -hmm. there's a lot to say about death, but what's more entertaining <laughs> and, and what, what, what is less scary, be honest, like talk about death in the terms of something like you hear songs about, I like, hate to go or mm -hmm. Glenn Campbell's last uh, LP, Adios, mm -hmm. he's going to die from Alzheimer's, right? Like mm -hmm. that's, he's, he's gone now. He's mm -hmm. not, he's still alive. And you listen to it, and I don't know if you listened to that and didn't know that. Maybe you wouldn't get the context. So mm -hmm. in this case, but you listen to it, and it's it's a whole different escape, and and it causes you to focus on things that you that make you really uncomfortable, right? Yeah, but it makes it safe because you're like, okay, this is this is familiar, and now I can because I've always got that anchor back there. I can always okay, yeah, we're good. Um, and and I guess on a, I, I I like joke with my friends that I like I feel very lucky that like my thoughts rhyme, <laughs> <laughs> and so like it just it it's it's kind of a helpful mm -hmm. way of framing a feeling. Is that true? <laughs> like like I mean you, know, like... You, you literally look everybody's internal voice is different, but is your internal voice are you just like rhyming shit all the time? Well, it seems like like to me the. The thoughts that I can use are the ones that rhyme. How does that, how does that not manifest like just in public? How come you're not walking around DC just rhyming and people oh, well, are like randomly punching everything you think, Kevin? Okay, well, no, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But look who you're talking to. Yeah, that's true. Leah, Noah can tell us otherwise. <laughs> I, I was I was talking about um, uh, rumpte rumpte. About oh, what rumpte? <laughs> Um. Damn, you need to get like a you need to do like a sleep study, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Me? Yeah, where you just talking in your sleep and like record it all. And... Oh, it's funny. Yeah, I um, uh, I I go through uh, I go through periods where I do sleep talk, and so I don't. know, Sometimes I'm <laughs> waking people up, being like, <laughs> saying really what's, weird... the, what's the weirdest thing anybody's told you you said? I do the same thing. I mean, oh, I've, I've done oh, it my whole I've, life. I've I have. Oh man, yeah. Um, Within I, reason, I don't. I don't want you to like. No, yeah. I've, <laughs> I don't I've, want you to, like completely embarrass yourself on this podcast. But. I've woken up and and uh, there there. Well, let me put it this way: it's a long line of people in my family. Mm -hmm. My grandfather got. I was told got kicked out of military school for sleepwalking too much. <laughs> yeah, which I realize now is probably a very convenient excuse yeah to be out of your room but no i i um who yeah i mean i've always been 
uh, yeah, I don't know why we're getting talking about my sleep patterns. I feel very <laughs> the album's about dreams. It's the yeah, album's, album's about, about dreams. dreams. So that means this yeah, is important. Th- this is good. See, a lot of a lot of our collaborative process is I'm I'm a vomiter. <laughs> And and I just pick up all the vomit. And <laughs> no, as an editor. It no, it's, yeah. it's it's no. That's the musical ball. I talked with uh, Mary McLaughlin about that. She yeah. she does the same thing. She's like vomits it out and like puts it all. Back well, together. you know, it's interesting. We were talking about this today. Like a, a big part of our process that was different is documentation. Like every single thought we've had, mm-hmm. whether it's because we were chatting online or we, you know, Noah, you made a lot of spreadsheets. For this record. I'm always making spreadsheets. Um, so like every single thought that we had yeah. is like written down. And just the thought of getting, like the idea of, of getting it out of your head and putting it on paper. We yeah, just, changes the whole process. This, this podcast actually operates the exact same way because we're on G-Chat all day. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of this podcast when we're not doing this is, is honestly, I've come to realize it's kind of like improv. You know, we have a few notes mm-hmm. and we have a few thoughts. But good luck trying to get four people like to like get on the same page without actually scripting it out. And that's mm-hmm. something we've never done. I, right. I do send out a note sheet and I say this is something we're gonna hit and but it's mainly for, like what we're doing now. It's like here's the song titles. Mm-hmm. You gotta know some basic facts, but um but throughout the day and, and we've realized we're doing this. We push each other by like this is what we wanna talk about and so sort of run through it already. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the conversations you hear are stuff that we've actually we've, we've got it notated. We could actually like pull it and be like, okay, this is this. I've had to do that for show notes. Mm-hmm. But like, what was that? And they're like, oh, you remember that G chat from three days ago? And you can like reference it. Yeah. And and it's proved completely useful and completely horrifying because <laughs> we live in a, in a world where all that is documented. Yeah. Sure. But but I mean, the thing is, is that it it, it is so nice to be able to get to a place where your like head and hands are connected and mm-hmm. like the analog is in in i've definitely found in in making music and part of the reason why i wanted to get back to piano um for this record is that there is a type of like intelligence or a type of fluency that muscle memory has mm-hmm. and you once you get back into playing an instrument once you just get your hands on the work, um, it kind of like it takes your takes your frontal lobe like out of the equation a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if you feel that way, Noah, but I mean, I definitely feel like there are moments where, um, and this is what we talk about this with soft synths versus hardware synths all the time. Like, what are the benefits of being able to reach over and touch that knob as opposed right. to clicking and dragging or. And I think for the most part with this record, we found that writing stuff out, making graphs, scoring stuff, yeah, um, you yeah. know, keeping record of of our our notes and our thoughts, and sending voice memos back and mm-hmm. forth, it's just a a, a really good way of um, compiling and constantly editing because that's what this record was. It's just always editing, right? You know, yeah, and and it gives you a mechanism to explain it to somebody if you needed to. That's a good point. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. whether or not it's you're talking in an interview, because like, right. sh- surely it's probably rhyming in your head. Yeah. Going over right now is like, what do we do there? What do we do there? There were right. some things and, in our Slack where I hashtagged hashtag chunky glasses <laughs> so nice. that we could talk about it. Then. Nice. Uh, have we hit them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's a mechanism for that, a mechanism for if you guys want to expand it ever and uh, or if you want to hand it off and see what somebody else does with it. 
Oh, which could be a wild thing to our archivist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, didn't didn't Beck do that? He like released an album as a uh, sheet music, a yeah. sheet, and like did that? Did that take off? Uh, I mean, he he was mocked virulently, but oh really? <laughs> I, that would be cool. Not many people read sheet music, I guess anymore. No, no. But if he had done that in like the fifties, you, you guys do that, right? Well, I. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the first thing we did before we started recording was we made charts for every song. Yeah. I, I wish I still knew how. That is yeah. one thing. Like having that piano down here. Yeah. Like you were talking about muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Like for my purposes, I, I can I can fuck shit up on that a little bit. But uh, if you ask me to play like a, a, a Beethoven's anything, I'd be like, nope, that's not going to happen right now. Well, I mean, you I'm, don't you don't have to read really that much. I'm, I'm the but, same way. My reading yeah. and writing is is traditional notation. Is yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Is like, but if you set sheet music down in front of me, like right now, there's no way mm-hmm. I could like. And, and right. it, it's a specific talent, and you can you know tablature for guitars is whatever. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah I recommend notation. Oh, there's there's there are certain good things about tablature. We don't have to get into that. <laughs> well, but for me, the like the. The thing is, there's lots of different types of literacy mm-hmm. um, in, yeah. in all things. But in music, it's like I was never very good at traditional notation, probably because I just didn't try that hard. Right. To be but the, the MIDI piano roll. Right. And if we're talking about MIDI piano roll or or tracking vocals while watching the scrolling playhead. Um, yeah. You know, that's the type of thing that I've spent years doing. And so that's the form that my literacy takes. But... Um, yeah, I mean, like, do, do you feel a need to like, like, engage further in other types of literacy? Sure. Or? I mean, I think the thing about notation, yeah, is, um, it it has its limitations, mm-hmm. but it also has its strengths. Yeah, and yeah. there are certainly types of music that cannot be notated in in, in Western notation. Yeah, there are types of. Oh yeah. There's a lot of music that shouldn't be, frankly. There's a lot of music that really should be like you know beethoven that stuff was made for for the notation that in which mm-hmm. it was transcribed um we uh, sort of related to that we actually we reviewed the uh, thurston moore album recently and what i said right. about it was that it shouldn't have been an album like don't notate it don't do anything just let it exist in as, what form as music live performance yeah okay ah. um which is something I, i've sort of come around to this year a little bit i'm like like that's, I think, where it lives, and that's honestly, that's one of the bigger appeals of, of this because I've seen, I've seen you guys do this, mm-hmm. and you captured that, like so, so I know that this is like the honest thing. Well, I think that a record, in its most literal sense, is a type of notation. Yeah, it's it's transcription, just in an, in an audio form. Yeah, um, and you know, my thing whenever I make a record is like. Just try and lean into the strengths of a record. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, uh, there are s- certain things that I don't think sound very good on recorded music. Right. Um, and so I try not to do that. But there are certain things that sound great on records that just I cannot sound, that cannot get to get sound good live. Like what? Um, I just have a really hard time um, capturing acoustic guitar on a record. Yeah. But I have a, I, it's, I played a show the other day with an acoustic guitar and it was like the perfect thing for those, for the moment. Yeah. So there's always, I don't know. Symbols. 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 Symbols are hard. Acoustic guitar is interesting because I I think what's happened is every, like it almost all sounds the same. 
Like I think if you could, if you put in, I could be wrong. If you play guitar, you can sort of hear like, yeah, that's a much better guitar than than this. I guess, yeah, yeah. But but really, people have just figured out, oh, this is how it's going to sound, and we've accepted it. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, speaking personally, like there, my limitations as an engineer are are huge, mm-hmm. and so I don't really know what what I would be doing. But I've just never been able to um, record an acoustic guitar. And be happy with it the way that I can record electronics. Yeah. And be like, uh, mm-hmm. and for me to think, ah, uh, yes, for me, this is what a record is for. Yeah. It's for like filling out that whole spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so. Well, these things we're talking about are, would you say they're pretty complex sounds? Like the sound of a resonating acoustic guitar. That yeah. would just be naturally harder to totally. do than mm-hmm. Same and, with and a cymbal. cymbal. I mean, cymbals and drums in general are super complicated. Right. As, as, as far as frequencies and overheads. Uh, a square wave, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, a square, it makes yeah. sense that I can yeah. get that to sound good because it's yeah. just a, a yeah. single wave. Yeah, and with cymbals and drums too, like when you hear a good drum sound, which few of our. I, I always go back to the uh, REM example, Bill Berry's uh, drum sound on Life Switch Pageant, mm. to me is the pinnacle of recording for drums mm, cool. there's some motown stuff in there but when you hear it and it's, it's really dry but they actually did it they put his drums in a, in a elevator shaft mm. in athens georgia to make it to get that bass that you lose mm-hmm. and it's it just sounds phenomenal it sounds like somebody's playing the fucking drums <laughs> instead of just like right and the, and the, there's a there's a way to capture reality yeah. and then there's a way to capture hyper reality yep. to make it feel like you're saying like someone's yeah. Fucking playing yeah. drums. Yep. Um, so, I want to talk a little bit on, on the business side of this because this is now between you two working together. This is now what four? Officially, this is officially four. four. Officially, yeah. Yeah. I know. I talked with you a lot about uh, what you were trying to do with Haha when it came out. Yes. And um, it did okay. Yeah. Didn't. Didn't do great. Didn't did a, didn't you know? But did okay. Uh, I know everybody that I sent it to like loved it. Mm-hmm. Like so, as far as like, at I would least... say locally, it did really well. Yeah, yeah. Like it got on a lot of the local best like year end. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, lists right. and stuff. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And we, I mean, we sent it to a lot of people like in at some labels and some PR people, and they were like, "Oh man, this is." Yeah, a lot of musicians. They're friends in Roadkill Ghost Choir, which you finally got to meet. Yeah, that's great. You know, they yeah. they uh, they loved it, and they worked it into their <laughs> next album. Yeah. Um, what what did you learn from going through that process? Do you think is going to help you like put this thing out, or or is what you were saying off mic is just like nothing matters? It's fine. <laughs> it's like just let it go. Because our friend Sean Barna just put out a record, right? And he, uh, I've talked to him a lot about that, and. Uh, his strategy ultimately was fuck it. It's free and just keep on moving down the road. Mm. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, no, I'm, I'm going to need you to chime in here too, because the, I will, uh, what we, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing to us is, did it get finished? Yes. Yeah. Is it good? We think so. We had moments on every song where we were really, really stoked. Yes. Yeah. And, I, I, and those were pretty... Stoked because... We were just like, oh, th- we really like this. Okay. Yeah. There was but you always... called them fist pump moments. Yeah, we were like punching the but air. It, but it wasn't punching stoked the like, air. like, fuck yeah, this is going in season two of Riverdale. Sync license, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> no. Like, well, I, well so I, I would... Here we go. I would say, to me, I think a lot of the stuff on this 
album would be liked if people heard it. Like my parent, this is the first thing I've done of anything where my parents are like, this is really good. Yeah. Yeah. So for them to say that, sure. They think everything I've ever done is like incredibly weird. So in some <laughs> ways I, th- I think that this could be more normal than a lot of what we've, we've done probably. Yes. Well, that's the thing is that they are, it, in some ways it's so much more conventional there are song it's like chords but, and it's a it's a song and it's like here, but in, in the other sense it's like it's not yeah well here's what's funny about that is I, I mentioned quiet storm but we did a podcast i think it was on no it was on uh it's on george michael or stuff but we were talking a lot of like old r&b and a lot of old like late night r&b where it's like yeah here's a dedication to that and sarah godfrey was down here and i played it for her and she was like Oh shit, that's like some Luther Vandross shit. Like just just the vibe that you guys are laying out, which I know more than likely didn't enter your your sphere. You might not even have heard Luther Vandross. Oh, or I like maybe. Luther Vandross. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, well, I think I think our references for this, not that that matters for anyone else, but mm-hmm. like I thought we were talking a lot about classical music, yeah. um, ambient and new age music, and talk talk. Stuff like and like right. Sakamoto and stuff like that right. is, is where we felt like the song, the it's, sounds were. It seemed like yeah. there were some people in the past who had married a bunch of different things that we were interested in. Yeah, um, and to the extent that we talked about in references, like that's about as far as it went. Um, you know, I, I think that any time today that you play. Uh, a chord that's more than a triad on a synth. You're about to make a good point. Um, (laughs) And our listeners are about to go like, nerds. (laughs) Anytime you play more than a a triad on a synth, you begin to um, make historical and and like genre and decade illusions. Yeah. Um, Our intent was to, to, like Noah said, to bring in um, like romantic harmony. We talked a lot about Debussy when we were making this record. Um, Interesting. Um, and to like infuse that with like now that you say that, like now I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, to infuse it with um with synths. But in in 2017, anytime in pop music, I think anytime you play uh, a chord on a synth, not an arpeggio or not mm-hmm. a pad but like you're playing it like a keyboard, Mm -hmm. it immediately evokes a different era for people. And I think that that is something that we weighed and we were like, "Eh, okay, well that's fine. But we, you know, we have our goals for this record and, and do you think that that's kind of where we, where we I didn't totally follow that, but, <laughs> but I, th- I think, I think, I think like, um, all right, how'd this record get made guys? Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> we, we, I can't remember where we, we, you were, you were explaining something before that got us onto this that I feel like we should get back to that. There are people who were at the nexus point of like, no, like triads and synths. Like, Ah, I forget. Oh. You, when you said I, I was going to have to chime in. Oh, yeah. No, we're well, talking about the plan. Like, what, 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 what did you learn from uh, from after Haha? Ha, oh, yeah. As far as like, what to do with this? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's w- what I meant. Yeah, uh, I, I really think it was just like, well, 
our goal was to well let's see what happens when it when we take a year and a half to make a thing right because so far yeah we'd only done things very fast right um and we know what it takes we know what it sounds like to make a record super fast let's see what it sounds like and feels like to do something really slow and um and as intentional as we possibly can and like let's really make a record where there are motifs and themes that are constantly threaded through um to that extent that was our that was our goal that's what we set out to do um and i think our hope for that was let's just let's finish it you know mm-hmm. setting aside a year and a half of time to do something like that is that's a lot for my um attention span <laughs> yeah <laughs> um right. and so now we finish and uh, I think it's at this point we're just trying to share it with as many people as we can, yeah. with the hope that, hey, if you have, uh, if you have the ability to share it with your friends, then we'd love to. to I, th- I think that's that. an interesting way to do things. I mean, we've, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. how how to do this, yeah, in 2017, yeah. and uh, and there's a lot of you can say like short attention spans, streaming, like whatever you want to say, but music. Like it or not, it doesn't just doesn't sell really anymore. Yeah. So then it becomes, well, what what do you do it for? And there are the people that say, well, if if you don't make money, people are going to stop making music. I do not subscribe to that at all. I think art is just like there's never going to be a time. I mean, you quit your job to <laughs> do this, yeah. but you're still working if, a lot. You're still working. Yeah. A, yeah, you're still working a lot. But you know, if you have to go back to something, you 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 will, and you're not going to stop making art. Right. Just might slow down the pace. Yeah. I think that um I think that when it comes to making music, I think that I don't know a single person who does it to make money. Right. There yeah, I can't s- think of anyone. There are <laughs> so many better ways to make money. Yeah. I, when I say better, I mean more. Well, it's a commitment. Like, look yeah. at the jazz world. I mean, in the jazz world, you're, you're, the gigging is much different. Like, yeah. and I had this conversation with a friend of mine, Richmond, who's in a band, and and she's in a punk band. So that that sort of demographic, uh, for, despite what people might think, is actually kind of small. Mm-hmm. Like, pop music is this. I'm holding my hands out like this. People is like this huge whale here, mm-hmm. and then you can chop everything up into this last like four or five percent right. of what main the main uh industry drivers is going to be but you know that world has gotten into a, a thing where it's like well we can't play more than like three times a month in our town mm-hmm. or else people are going to do this but if you look at a jazz player they might be playing like three times a night yeah yeah <laughs> <That's> <laughs> really like finish and get get on the street and something got lost i think between and i and i don't i don't have an answer yet i it's something i think about a lot between that type of musician to being more, uh, although you guys are sort of doing that, but to being more like the, the popular or indie, if if you want to mm-hmm. use that word, right? And so stuff like it's hard for us here at the site, fans of stuff and fans of your record. Everybody started here; they love it. They're like, like yeah. this thing is an amazing record. To know that. The chances of say it's selling like six million copies, or the chances of like Sean's album selling six million, are like so slim. Yeah. 
And like, right, what well, do you, and like, what do you do about that? Do you do you do you keep worrying about it? Do we worry about it as like you guys friends and and try to like do what we can and like I think, what? I think to some extent we put our heads down a little bit and just know that we like making stuff. Yeah, and we like setting our criteria for what makes this successful to us. Just that's a thing. Like, if no one heard it, I sure. think we we met that criteria. I don't I don't know if we still like it now. But like whatever we did it and we had fun making it. Mm-hmm. We can we, we know that we can make more things forever. Right, right. Um, but then business wise, I think there's so many factors that have not that much to do with how good the record is just by itself. Yeah, you're right. And some of those, I think we can we can like interact with certain things. Like we we know some writers. We can send it to writers. Yeah. There are other things that are a little further away like if you wanted to pay for advertising like that can that can be a by, whole other by, thing by that, a pr rep you can yeah do that. and and i think that like i mean we both make a lot of music outside of this project yeah. it's just kind of a thing that we do all the time so we might not be totally as precious about each yeah thing yeah. yeah as if as if you as if we spent like um like five years on right. like one thing and like this is like the magnum the opus thing. like we feel like there's kind of a continuum we're just kind of mm-hmm. always working on new things and trying new well, things well and i'm, I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody but it's like it is as somebody who also like creates that that is weird to me that like i mean i understand being invested in something but there is eventually a reality sets in you know mm-hmm. That like if you're gonna spend five years just doing this one thing, you're gonna have to do something else. Yeah. Like unless you're already set. And and I, I, I talk with a lot of people about how to like. There's a lot of what I, what I try to do is just encourage people. Like yeah, you you can yeah I know this fucking sucks. Like you're making this album. Like I'm thinking of one guy in particular that you guys know actually. So you're making this album and it's like, it's probably not gonna do anything. But his whole past two years are, are built on this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, let's figure out how you can keep doing the great work and still right. be happy doing it. Right. Don't make yourself miserable. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that that's – the thing is, is uh, I catch myself singing – when I catch myself singing – someone else's song like around mm-hmm. the house uh probably nine times out of ten it's one of my friend's songs yeah um and uh and and that's because uh you know i'm i've kind of made the choice to well i'm i'm going to the music that i like surround myself with mm-hmm. is going to be I'm 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 trying to live a more like communal yeah. musical life. Trying to get, really get into what Noah and Ethan and Matt and Steve, yeah, and uh, like Humble Fire and like right. all these like my 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 peers. I'm and, trying to and it, surround myself and and because I you know the, the the grand scope of humans making music, yeah, um, in in that big picture, it's. It, the time that it's been a, on a global scale is like the the razor's yeah, edge. Yeah, yeah, it's and for the vast majority of human history, it's just been like, hey, all of my mm-hmm. friends and I make music, 
right. and we don't write it down. We don't record it. We yeah. just share it with each other. Right. And I, I think that is where the uh, that communal sense is actually where the joy is of that. I mean, we have a thing in D.C. where it's, it's listen local first. You know, it's like sure. yeah, you should never listen to art because of proximity. Like that's uh, – but you surround yourself with people who are artistic and, and do this stuff. Like Steve, he's a remarkable songwriter. Mm-hmm. And he's like he's one of your best friends. So that you know, you if you think about this stuff on a on a smaller scale, I think it becomes way more enriching and you figure out what it actually means. That it doesn't mean, you know, the album that you're the superstar, you're the person who like won't do an interview because mm-hmm. can't be bothered with the peons. Like you're the person who like wants to come to a basement and like talk mm-hmm. about your music like, enthusiastically. Well, yeah. And I mean like that is I mean, I think that's for me at least, what it is actually about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that we recognize that the best music isn't always the music that's being talked about right when it came out. Yeah. And I think once you kind of realize that, and once you also, if you also realize that like the most hype stuff isn't always the best stuff that happened that time, <laughs> like the number one song of 1979 was My Sharona. Which is fine, whoa, 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 but, whoa. but there are careful, better. Careful, there's better careful. music. <laughs> Pop group oh. had an album in 1970. There's, there's yeah, better, you're right. You're there's right. better. Yeah. There's, there's better. much better. There's much better music. So, so once once you get comfortable with that, then I think it kind of helps. We just know we're making stuff, and it's just kind of about making it, and yeah, and enjoying that process, right? And also, um, I've been listening to music a lot longer than I've been making music. Yeah. And I will probably listen to music more over the course of my life than I will make it. Yeah. And, you know, one of the great pleasures of making a record is that it actually it teaches you how to listen better. Yeah. I, yeah. And, totally agree with that. Um, so just in terms of like, hey, I love to listen, uh, you know, after th- this year and a half of making this record... I, I'm better at listening in X, Y, and Z ways. Yeah. And like, I can't really put a price on that. Um, but at the same time, uh, it, it, and it makes things more fun. Um, it makes being involved with music more fun. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, um, we really like the work. Yeah. Like, uh, and so, you know, we haven't worked on this record. We wrapped this record a, a month ago as, as of this taping. And like, no, and I were just talking like, I don't, I don't really know what to do now that we're not <laughs> doing it. Um, but, and so, you know, we'll, we'll keep working on the next thing and get, get in a Weezer cover band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do so. I mean, that, that's the, that's also the ridiculous things you can do with music. Yeah. You can do what if, if, if you are addicted to performing, mm-hmm. you can go out and do that. Yeah. Any fucking night of the week, you sure. can find a way to do that. If you suck, you can find an open mic. And that's not to say people play open mic suck, but that's that's where you start. You know, you can go and just like, hey, I want to do this. If yeah. you don't want anybody to hear it, you can just do it at home. It's true in a basement, and it's yeah. just, um, so it's good shit. Yeah, and I think you guys are doing some of the best shit. Honestly, this Thanks, is, Kevin. I'm, I really I'm, appreciate uh, that. Uh, super proud of you guys, and this this is a this is a tremendous, I think, next step. Oh wow! Thank and you. and when. Uh, Hopefully you keep coming back. Yes, oh, we gosh. will. It's been groovy. We'll be here. All right, man. Take it easy. Thank you. Thanks. My very first memory is falling from a tree Like an open bottle blowing in the 
Bonneth Wars and There I Was is available everywhere you can buy records. I just bought my copy on Bandcamp. It's bandcamp.com. You can go there. Find out more about Fauna Thor. Find out more about Louie and Noah. And uh, and those guys are great. Those guys are just... Uh, they're, they're some of my favorite people to talk to. And uh, good thing is they'll be back. They're going to continue to make music. We're going to continue to do this. But even if they aren't, like we'll have them over just to talk about like guitar shit, music nerd shit. Uh, because they're awesome like that. So thanks to uh, Louie and Noah. And I uh, hope to see you guys soon. Before we get out of here today, uh, I, I know we didn't sort of mix in any tracks on that, and we want to remedy that. Um, this is a, uh, as you heard us talk about, this is a project that's very, um, it's about space, a good bit of it, um, but it is sometimes dreamlike, and sometimes it is uh, it is soothing and, and drifting off into the universe. This one particular track, uh, though, I think... Uh, is one of my favorites on the albums because of of the place it puts you in, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna sort of fade out of this podcast on this track uh, because it just feels right to do that. So uh, hit you with the uh, socials. We're at Chunky Glasses at Chunky Glasses on Instagram and Twitter. We are out there on the internets at chunkyglasses.com. You can subscribe to us in iTunes which is now Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Google Play, Stitcher, or Mixcloud. Coming soon, listen to us on Spotify. Uh, that's in the works. Uh, big thanks to our podcast hoster, Pippa, at Choose Pippa. They are great. If you're starting thinking about starting a podcast, you should do that there. And also, always thanks to uh, our main man, Jamal Gray. Uh, now he's sort of running the Uptown Art House here in Washington, D.C. Uh, as Aquatic Gardener. The dope music you hear behind my voice right now, uh, that's made by him. And he's doing some great stuff there, and he's doing some great stuff with Nancy Reagan and uh, and soon Nag Champa. Um, so with that out of the way, uh, this has been a fine episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, and uh, we're going we're gonna to see you soon. So uh, be back in a few days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. And... Uh, Enjoy this track. This is I See You in My Dreams from Fauna 4.